At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And we're back in the saddle, baby. Yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are. I'm sorry. I didn't give you a very long lead in with that one. <laughs> no. Or who are you? Who am I? What? You know how we normally like say our names? I said my name, didn't I? Did you? I'm, I might have just not heard it. I'm Addison Peacock. I, I'm Alex Flanagan, and and who are you? <laughs> Would you believe I don't know anymore? <laughs> I have been catching trailers here and there for the new um, Raphael Bob Waxberg show. I think he's involved with it. He talks yes, a lot about it. Yes, yes. involved. Um, Undone. I've heard really good things about it. Have you seen the trailers for this? Really interesting. The animation is like rotoscoped, like kind of live action, but half kind of painty. It's like really, really interesting. Um, and like, I'm fairly sure that watching this series would, on the one hand, be very, very cathartic for me, but also very potentially just cause a mental break. <laughs> like, it's just very kind of, like, strange, unreal. It's like this this young woman, like, going through this kind of unreality yeah. experience um, in that way that he's very good at doing with his other show, you know, Bojack Horseman, but um, it's, like, wild looking. And I'm really kind of intrigued, but I'm also kind of like, maybe I should wait for other people to watch it first before I try to consume this media. I'm still in like post-nap brain enough, by the way, that my my brain thought it was hilarious. Height of comedy to refer to Bojack Horseman as Bigum Sad Horse. Bigum Sad Horse. <laughs> huh. That's his name. <laughs> That's a good one. So I hope you can predict what kind of episode this is. I just call him Tuca and Birdie's less functional cousin. <sighs> Oh, I almost got into a physical altercation in one of my classes yesterday. I know. I saw yeah. you should have. TBH, you should have thrown fisticuffs. Uh, so if you don't follow me on Twitter, a gentleman in a class of mine. I'm in grad school, by the way. Ever heard of it? No, I'm... <laughs> Look it up sometime. <laughs> a gentleman in one of my classes. Was he, Perhaps though? I should say... A knave. No, um... A cad. He... he I, I, I mentioned Tuca and Birdie. Uh, and how would it have received a second season I would be writing a spec script on it and uh, he was like oh that show's so obnoxious and I was like you sir are in fact the one who is I didn't say any of that I just got mad and told Twitter about it yeah the show is obnoxious it's allowed to be and that's kind of what's amazing about it (laughs) also perhaps it is not for you sir Yeah, right? It's just like, okay, consider why you feel that way about a show that is unapologetically loud and brash when that has been, like, the defining characteristic of all animated male-centric media for the past 20 years. Anyway, welcome to our animation podcast. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, we're, uh, we're... We're all done with cryptids now, actually. We're in a transition period now where we're all Tuca and Birdie all the time. I don't even have a good rebuttal to that because I actually wanted... That's, like, very tempting to me. 
So <laughs> you can't you can't dangle this carrot in front of me. So anyway, that's what the Patreon is for, baby. You're not wrong. Let's I'll set that. We'll table that discussion for now. So um, a while back, mm-hmm. we played a you and I, we played a computer game together. <laughs> OK, that's such a weird way to intro something. Um, no, no, no. It's, it's fine. It's just that um, I'm thinking of the short list of computer games we've played together and all of them have been horrifying in distinct ways. <laughs> oh, good. So you're already on the right track. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to cut to the chase and say there's not really any method that went to picking this one. I honestly just followed my heart, and my heart is monster women. Did your heart perhaps go on a year walk? Year walk, indeed. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Haldra. <laughs> yes, please, take me away. Okay, beautiful. Yes, she is. She is, and terrifying, and also a, a lady of many appearances, which I enjoy very much. <laughs> so... Would you like to hop over to nightbringer.se? Oh, okay. You're making me do some Google. Oh, no, no. I just meant follow me. Follow me. I thought you were telling me, like, I thought this was an interactive episode, maybe. No, I just wanted to highlight, actually, just... I mean, it is loading on my page right now, so... No, Alex. (laughs) Okay, well, no, I'm closing it then. I just wanted... (laughs) This is a very confusing episode. I'm so sorry. I wanted to... Well, you know what? That actually makes sense, because... The Huldra leads travelers astray in the woods. So good. (laughs) Wow, I love absurdism. I love theater of cruelty. (laughs) Welcome to my theater of cruelty podcast. God, I love theater of cruelty. Me too. So, but I, I wanted to highlight the name of the website being spooky. That's all that was. It's Okay, it was good. Nightbringer.se. And this is the page dedicated to the Huldra. So I'm just going to read straight from this little intro kind of paragraph here. In Scandinavian folklore, the Huldra is a seductive forest creature. Other names include the Swedish Skogskra or Skog... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> won't do. <laughs> Skogsfro, meaning Lady of the Forest, and Talamaya. Huldra derives from the Norwegian language meaning covered or secret. So she's a secret woman. She's a secret forest lady. Seen from the front, she is stunningly beautiful, um, a female being with long hair. And from behind, you'll like this, I don't think this came up in the game we played in Your Walk. From behind, she looks hollow, like an old tree trunk. Ooh. So she has this hollowed out back. As if, like, she's made, like, you know, there's different renderings of what this might look like, but the way I imagine it and the way some artists depict it is, like, this woman mm-hmm. from the front, from behind, she's, like, hollowed out as if she's, like, as if her whole being is like carved out, is like made out of wood, and like the front is this sort of illusory thing. Okay, that's pretty cool. Now in Norway, <laughs> she has a cow's tail. Mm-hmm. Like, while well, also being a hollow back, like the inside of an old tree. Sure, natch. Yeah, of course. And in Sweden, she has the tail of a cow or a fox. Interesting. Now, she's been described as, uh, in, uh, in different places, she's described as being dressed in different ways. Sometimes she's just like a naked woman of the forest, or she's like draped in leaves. Or in Norway, she's described as uh, dressed like a typical dairy maid, wearing the clothes of a regular farm girl. Oh, just a regular farm girl. I'm picturing like a cartoon milkmaid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or maybe even because I don't have a great grasp of what like Nordic farm girls wear. I'm just picturing Heidi. You know, from the children's picture book, <laughs> Heidi. I'm pretty sure the only thing anybody wears over in that sort of general 
three or four assorted countries is a dirndl, right? Thank you for saying dirndl because I forgot the word and I was just going to keep calling it the Heidi outfit. No, it's a Heidi outfit. You're so <laughs> right. You. I was wrong. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> the Holdra is one of several uh, Ra, which are keepers or wardens of a specific area, basically including the aquatic version, which is more like a Nordic mermaid. And there's a version in caves and mines. So it's sort of like there's these kind of spirit women that pop up in these different environments. You have mm-hmm. the water ones, you have the mines and the caves that like dwell in the dark, and then you have the Huldra, who's the forest one. And she's the one that I'm most familiar with, so she's the one that I wanted to uh, kind of take a peek at, pay attention to. She uh, also may be connected with the German Hulda. There's a ton of crossover linguistically, as per usual. Also, a lot of crossover with pagan figures going back, because if you look to Hulda, that's like more of like a pagan goddess figure. Okay, very cool. After the introduction of Christianity in Scandinavia, the main occupation of the old sky god Odin came to be to chase down and kill as many Huldra as possible in the Wild Hunt. What's up, buddy? The Wild Hunt is back. I've talked about the Wild Hunt before. We have talked about the Wild Hunt. If you want more context on the Wild Hunt, you can hop back over to the Frau Parkta episode. But just as kind of a little bit of filler, the Wild Hunt is exactly what it sounds like, essentially. It is a hunt led by a god figure of, like, demons or some other such type of mysterious creature that human beings can't see across the countryside of a Nordic country. It is... The storm, there's usually a storm coinciding. It suggests in this situation, if it's Odin engaging in the hunt, this is Odin's storm. It's his rage against his rivals, which are the trolls, including the Huldras. They are all sort of in this class of oppositional creature to mm-hmm. humans, I suppose. Like, don't know how else to word that. And before Christianity uh, was in the region, the storm god Thor was credited with lightning strikes against the giant trolls in the form of his hammer. Like his his hammer and his lightning was what he used to fight the trolls. That's a kind of classic age-old rivalry. We've seen Thor. Yeah, I think everybody listening to this podcast has seen Thor, so... You know what I'm talking about. You know, the Marvel canon of Norse mythology. <laughs> Much like creatures we've covered in the past, like the Deer Woman... The Holdra is kind of considered as like this figure that I'll, I'll I'll talk about my own personal take on this that lures people into the forest, uh, and there's no way to get around this particular part. I'll put a little content warning for like some sexual related talk. Okay, it's not it's not felt like it's not too over the top. But the only thing to say is that she engages in 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 versions of the of the lore. She engages in some consensual sexuality with. Some people that she finds, like a human she meets in the forest. And if she finds the encounter to be satisfying, then she might reward them with a wish or like a fun, like, gift. And if she finds it to be dissatisfying, then she might eat them. Oh, I see. Um, (laughs) moving right on. She often steals human children and replaces them with changelings. Uh, they're like Huldra children, um, Huldra barn. She's also been associated with hunting. She'll, like, she could blow down the barrel of a huntsman's rifle, causing it to never thereafter miss a shot. Like, if you do right by her, she'll bless your rifle. So you always do well in hunting season, etc. That sort of thing. Or, good to know, if you do badly by her, she might just kind of make you wander the woods until you go insane. Yeah, I mean, you know, all just fairly standard wood fae lore 
Exactly. So there's sort of a wide range of things that can happen if you encounter the Holdra. Maybe you have like very exciting dalliance with a beautiful forest spirit and she's afterwards is like, hey, that was fun for us both. How about I bless your hunting rifle so you and your family never go hungry again? And you say, thanks, Holdra, and then you go. Or maybe sometimes she just like keeps leading you through the forest forever until you starve to death or lose your mind. Um, Which, to be fair, seems to be like a lot of effort for just to like (laughs) let someone know that you didn't enjoy that. (laughs) I had a horrible time with you. Like, mm, that was really underwhelming. I guess I'll spend the next 30 years leading you through the forest. <laughs> I guess I'll... S- some, in some variations, she just cuts to the chase and, like, just gets it right over with and kills you right there. Yeah. So it really depends. This is one of the variations on kind of the, like, one of the folk tales regarding the Huldra. This pops up with a lot of mysterious female creatures in folklore where they like they marry a human so i'll talk about this a little bit in some variations in some stories that pop up she marries a local farm boy and when that happens the glamour that makes her look like a human woman to their eyes leaves her when the priest lays his hand on her for her vows or when she enters the church and it becomes clear that she's not human it doesn't say overtly in these versions what she looks like it's implied that it's kind of like a more like a tree like she looks more like a tree creature Oh, I like that. Yeah. So as soon as she's sort of being either brought into a house of religion or she's called before a holy figure to give her vows, she becomes this sort of very clearly, blatantly inhuman creature. And then also in some variations on that same story, some legends tell of husbands who subsequently treat her badly. She often, you're going to like this, actually. I enjoy this. Mm -hmm. She often wins over her husband in these stories by displaying physical strength, such as by straightening out a horseshoe with her bare hands. Good for her. I love her. I think she's incredible. She sounds really strong and really impressive. And then there's, like, yet another variation where she marries a human man where it's not even, like... It's not even a, like, with any sort of agenda or any sort of grand reveal. It's just, like, the ones that have tails, if they get married, like, the wedding ceremony, the blessing they receive in the wedding ceremony, uh, makes their tails go away. And then, oh. I guess, it's the implication is then they're, like, a human woman. So if they decide to, like, get married, then they're, like, not women with cow tails anymore. I don't know. The problem when you have stories like this, as much as it delights me how many variations you can find, is that between the fact that it's been, this story's been around and variations in the Holdra have been around for a very, very long time, going back Mm -hmm. to like Odin times, uh, you also have issues of translation over the years, not just translation to English, but just like the game of cultural telephone that we all play when stories get repeated over and over and over again. So I'm not sure if that's like a literal like her tail falls off when she gets married. That would sure be interesting. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. I have this mental image <laughs> where you like, I'm so, okay, I need, to cons- I need to get myself together so I can explain this. It's not going to be that funny to anyone but me, but you're a young Norwegian man, Alex, okay? Okay, sure. Yeah, that tracks. Gosh, okay, uh, this is, your name is, uh, what's a name? What's a Norwegian name? Sven. Uh, I don't. Yeah, your your name is Sven. I am lazy, and your name is Sven. This is um, my sweet Sona. Your 
a dairy farmer's son. Okay. As as he was, you know, his father before him. Yes. yes. Barrel chested it, of course. Absolutely. And I could probably split a log with my bare hands. Oh, absolutely. Which is why, of course, your perfect match is the bonnie lass you see, the milkmaid you see one day, wandering by the farm, taking horseshoes in her hands and just like cracking those bad boys in half. I don't know what Bonnie means because I'm Norwegian, but I am impressed by her. I don't know Nor- Norwegian things. <laughs> but she takes, she doesn't break it, sorry. She takes it, she bends it until it's a straight thing. And then she sees you watching and she's like, here, do you want this? You've caught her eye. Ooh. And then one day, the two of you are married as you do because it's the olden times. And our ring is made from that same horseshoe. That's adorable. It sounds like a very big ring. It's well, it's huge, yeah. But it's she's, over her whole hand. She's so strong that she like kind of shredded it into little bits, and then <laughs> we made we made individual rings. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it was really nice. I mean, the shredding was kind of horrifying to watch, but the <laughs> ring is a beautiful thing. And the like screeching of metal as it was torn <laughs> in twain. Um, but anyway, so you're married. It's a beautiful ceremony. Your whole family is there. Her family is not there for some reason, but it's okay. She says they don't really talk much anymore. Yeah, and um, I've never really pressed her on it because that's not important to me. Mm-hmm. You go to her marital bed and you have your first night together as a married couple. You go to sleep. You wake in the morning. She's off making tea. I don't know. What's the hot <laughs> beverage? I don't know Yuck's anything. <laughs> She's off milking the cows. Yeah. And... And you roll over and you feel something's been left behind in bed and you think, oh, I wonder if she left like one of her socks or one of her womenly garments in the sheets here. <laughs> you pull it out and it's just a severed cow tail. Whew. What do you do? I mean, Sven, what do you do? Have I have I seen the cow tail before? I imagine she hides it beneath her many skirts. Ah, so this is my first experience with the cowtail. I think probably my assumption would be that my very strong wife had already murdered a cow this morn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't know why the cow displeased her, but that's that's between her and the cow, and it's not my place to judge. Okay, you know what? That's fair, thank you. What a sweet story. What a sweet story of love and brute strength. It was really nice. I enjoyed it. Okay, so anyway, this one, uh, it, it continues to go on. I'll, I'll switch to a different source soon, but this one was so thorough and also like a Swedish source, so I enjoy kind of everything they have to offer for it. But um, as you might imagine, by the way, this has considerably less sightings than a cryptid that I m- might normally cover because this is much more of a folkloric discussion. But I do have a few sort of sighting-ish things mm-hmm. that I'll talk about a little later. Like, either sightings or just kind of, like, local lore things I think are neat that kind of yeah, add totally. to it. But if betrayed, she can punish the man severely. Which, here's the thing. People are going to get mad at me for having a double standard, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But every time I read things like that, I become that Lucille Bluth gif incarnate. I'm just, good for her. Good um, for her. So here's an example of a case, this is what was supposedly, in Sigdal, when she avenged her pride on a young braggart she had sworn to marry on the promise he would not tell anyone about her. On the contrary, the boy bragged about his bride for a year, and when they met again, she beat him round the ears with her cowtail. Oh. He lost his hearing and his wits for the rest of his life. 
It's not funny, but it is funny to imagine the beating with the cowtail because it allows for two options. One option, she pulls her own tail off and whacks him around the ears with it. Option two, she just turns around and is like, how could you? And then, I don't know. I don't understand the positioning. I don't understand the logistics of this confrontation. Yeah, the, the blocking is a little bit unclear, but... Such that the tail is level with his head and ears. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to... I'll skirt away from the uh, specific cultural lore in just a second because there's some overlap. And you've talked about this before, but in Iceland, there's stories of the the huldefolk. Mm-hmm. And there's some linguistic overlap between that and the huldra because one variation on that word is huldrafolk. Makes sense. So, which are essentially... Often, if you look that up, you'll see it talked about, like, Icelandic elves, basically. They, the, uh, also it said that work crews building new roads in Iceland will divert road around particular boulders, which are known to be homes to Huldrafolk, which I think is very nice and respectful. There's also a story of a Huldra being kind to a collier watching his charcoal kin while he took a much needed rest. Oh, that is nice. Knowing that she would wake him if there were any problems, he was able to sleep and exchange left provisions for her in a special place. If you treat them well like any kind of fair folk in stories, the Holdra has no, like, she has no problem with people. She has no issue with being, like, kind or, like, exchanging kind deeds for one another. There's one more version of that story here. A tale from Narka, Sweden, illustrates further how kind a Holdra could be, especially if treated with respect. A boy in Tividen went fishing, but he had no luck. Then he met a beautiful lady. He was, she was so stunning, he felt he had to catch his breath. But then he realized who she was because he could see a fox's tail sticking out below the skirt. As he knew that it was forbidden to comment on the tail to the lady of the forest, if it was not done so in the most polite manner, he bowed deeply and said to her, "'Milady, I see that your petticoat shows below your skirt.' She thanked him, noticed what he meant, and hid her tail under her skirt, telling the boy to fish on the other side of the lake. Then he had great luck with his fishing and caught a fish every time he threw out the line, and that was her rewarding him for being polite. That's nice. Yeah, so as many stories of the Holdra that are horrifying, there are just as many that are very sweet. I love that one very much because it also is like just a good etiquette rule in general to carry with you if you see somebody who has something off with like their outfit, like maybe they tucked Mm -hmm. their skirt into their underwear or there's toilet paper on their shoe or their mysterious animal tail that reveals that they are a fae creature of legend is showing. You should tell them without bringing like overt attention to it. You should say, like, oh, I noticed something. Like, you might want to check this. Or, milady, your petticoat shows neath your skirt. And then you haven't made them feel embarrassed, but you've alerted them to the problem. And then everybody mm-hmm. wins. Exactly. And I just think maybe uh, maybe the biggest survival tip in the world is just uh, have some dang manners. I mean, I think if there is one thing that we all take away from this podcast at the end of the day, I would be fine if it were that. <laughs> You'd be fine if it were have some dang manners. Show some dang respect. There are not t- tales that I could find, mostly I think because of the nature of a lot of older folk tales that clarify if the Holdra ever marries perhaps a human woman. But if you're out there and you're listening <laughs> and you're interested, <laughs> may I just say I would treat you with the utmost respect. That beautiful story that we told on this podcast mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a story, babe. Doesn't have to be a story. <laughs> Waiting for you. I want to see, let me see how you bend a horseshoe back to straight. 
Please, I just want to see it. Girl, let me see how you you do that You legit don't even have to marry me. I just want to see you do that. Please. I'm going to just do a very brief little dalliance, a little dalliance with the Holderfolk and just let you all know. Oh, you're going to have a dalliance with the Holderfolk. I wish, honestly. The the longer I'm on this earth, the more I want to just have a chance encounter with some sort of fair folk. And I realize that saying this is a bad idea because you really can't control how that kind of encounter goes down for you, aside from doing your best to be a, a good, polite lad. But but also, like, I've been out here doing stuff for fairies since I was, like, a little kid. Have I talked on the podcast before about the fairy houses I used to build? I'm sure I have. I think so, yeah. I used to build fairy houses, and I was so convinced that one of these days a fairy would take up residence in one of these little moss huts that I built, and then they would perhaps give me a favor. How nice that would have been. It would have been But if you were doing it to get the favor, then you were, your heart was in the wrong place. I'm sorry. And that's why none of them ever took up residence. You're right. Yeah. They could tell. But um, according to a study done in 2006, 32% of Icelanders believe the existence of a Holderfolk to be possible. Well, 24% believe they are an outright certainty. Oh. Which I love. Basically, they're you're they're exactly what you think. They're variation they're variations on elves and fairies. Um also there's a little uh I love crossroad mythology, so I had to bring this up as well, which I came across as I was reading about the Holdefolk, which is their most interesting Holdefolk holiday, according to the portalist.com might be Midsummer's Night, when it is believed that standing at a crossroads during the late hours may bring wandering Holdefolk who will lure you with gifts and money. However, it is believed taking these gifts will lead to misfortune. Hmm. So, just like your parents told you not to take candy from strangers, don't take gifts from mysterious wandering creatures at the crossroads on Midsummer's Night. Yeah, def- I mean, definitely don't. To which I say, just like, don't. a little bit, like, that's no fun, let me live, but also... Fair. So, according to schmoop.com... Oh, run that by me one more again. Schmoop. <laughs> schmoop.com. It's like one of those, like... It's not... Oh, it's not a well-made website. It does sound extremely trustworthy. I think it's just like a collection of, like, people's web pages that they've made. I'm sounding like a grandma who doesn't know what a blog is. Anyway, I think it's one of those collections of web pages. <laughs> yes, hello. It's Granny Peacock here today to teach you about the internet. What is the internet? Can you eat it? Is it a bird? Okay, so... The only reason I want to do this one, there's not really any new information on it. I just was excited to see this grouping of women in particular. This page is just a, a page of femme fatales in folklore. Mm-hmm. There's just three on here. The ladies in this clique are all crazy, beautiful, and alluring, but they also have a tendency to lure men to their deaths. Oops. Which is exactly uh-huh. how I, what I oops. hope they say. That's exactly what I hope they say afterward. They go, oops. Guys who see one of these girls walking down the hall might think twice before they ask her to go to the mall on Friday night. <laughs> what? <laughs> Chances are that a seemingly innocent date at the food court might just be their last. <laughs> the idea of a halter in a food court is a lot for me to handle. I don't know. It is very much. I do love the idea that, I'm not sure this is the implication they were trying to establish here, but I like the idea that the modern equivalent of a forest that one might get lost in is perhaps a shopping mall. Yeah, that is... You spot a mysterious, beautiful woman lingering around the door to the Hot Topic. When she turns around, though, the back of, instead of seeing the back of her 
trip miniskirt and Harley Quinn crop top, you see you see a hollow the hollowed out bark of a tree trunk. And then you wander about the mall searching for the scent of a Cinnabon that you'll never find until you're driven oh, mad. That's legit devastating. <laughs> Fair. So just the three ladies in this clique here are sirens, mm-hmm. who we've talked about before. And you'll be happy to know that this particular article knows that the sirens are half-bird. Oh, good. Does acknowledge that. It says, even if they are half-bird, these ladies from Greek mythology are fabulously beautiful. Um, their favorite pastime is hanging out on jagged rocks in the ocean and luring sailors to their deaths with their incredible songs. Then the other two on the click are the El- Elpiger. I want to say it's Danish. This is Danish, so there's some crossover here. They're um, called the Alder Tree Girls. They appear as beautiful young ladies dancing in the forest. They might seem enticing, but you should not go with them. Once you get close to them, they take you off with them and you're never heard from again. And then the Holdra, my girl. Also known as the Hilda or the Forest Wives, these creatures from Norse mythology hang out in the woods, waiting for eligible bachelors to pass their way. They look like beautiful young girls, but underneath their skirts, they secretly have a cow's tail. It's said that the cow's tail will fall off if the Holdra convinces a man to marry her, but that she also turns into an ugly old woman as soon as the ring is slipped on her finger. Oh. Is Marriage, am I right? St- oh my god, is she still so wah, strong? Wah. Hmm? Is she still so strong? That's literally so the entire piece, so I'm assuming she is still so, so strong. I don't care. She's like, I didn't marry her for her looks. <laughs> I married her for her party tricks. <laughs> I married her for those rippling biceps. Oh, man, I didn't consider the fact that she doesn't just have this inhuman strength. I can't believe I'm a fool. What a fool I was that I didn't consider she's buff. She's got a cow tail. Of course, she's just like huge. Like she is built. I'm a fool. I am a fool, Alex. You've been missing out all this time. She's literally called potentially forest wives that my forest wife that my forest wife has rippling biceps? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Broke. The idea that every fae creature that you encounter is, like, wayfish and elfin and, like, demure. Like, no, okay. The, the, new, the new concept we are working with here, like, that's tired. This is inspired. My stacked forest wife with her rippling biceps and her incredible back. This is like your full galaxy brain right here. And I'm also realizing, of course, like that it's foolish to think that every single like dryad or like forest fae woman is willowy when there's only that's only one kind of tree. She is like she is my forest wife. Sturdy. Yes. Thick like an oak tree, like a massive. I want a redwood wife. Oh, I love my redwood wife. More body positivity for fairies. Absolutely. So I'd like to hop over to the Demoniacal, a a site that we often frequent on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Love them. This one specifically leans into what I was describing before with the way the hollow back looks and specifically says like it's a hollow bark encrusted back. Uh Her back looks like the hollow of a tree, which I think is such a stunning image to like to put in my head. I love the like the idea that you have the front of this this woman and then she you see her from behind and there is this like mm-hmm. people shouldn't have hollows you know what i'm saying I mean, that's fair but like who am i to judge no absolutely it's more just there's a particular kind of body horror implicit oh in yeah that. no absolutely no it is terrifying implicit in the idea that you can't see that hollow from the side yeah like it's it's disgust as if you only see it when you see her from the back and i don't know if that's because the glamour can only sustain itself so far 
or like if her it's not like hollow like it's not like a perfect split in half kind of situation it's more like she has like a hollowed out part of like oh yeah like, i don't know where That's my brain wild. is i've started to picture it like just along her spine mm. like she has this divot of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Space that, and that's kind bark. of what I was thinking as well. But you'll see renderings if you look her up and you see if you look her up. If you look the Holger up, if you look up my forest wife, if you look up the Holger and you see enough variations, you sort of do see this like version where it does kind of look like she is like a wooden car a wooden carving of a woman and she oh. is hollow. So like you'll see versions where like the front of her is three-dimensional and not Oh my gosh, I've forgotten the word. Concave. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, but the back of her is exclusively concave. So, I don't know. It's very interesting. You see some variations. But lore, like the Greek nymphs of, lo- of lore, Holdra have, <laughs> Holdra will seduce and lure men into the forest. And then this is the thing I mentioned before. If it goes well, she blesses him with mm-hmm. a gift or maybe a special power or a blessing of good fortune if it does not go well she will usually kill him however unfortunately according to this particular version even if it does go well that doesn't necessarily mean he's out scot-free and it's listen this is not necessarily her fault this is more of she doesn't know her own strength kind of situation oh i see it is believed that he will literally exhaust himself to death via repeated couplings oh sometimes he just couldn't hack it. Well, I'm sorry that he just couldn't hack it. Yeah, I mean, I guess like it's important to check in with your partner and oh, yeah. make sure that, you know, they're not all parties are still uh emotionally and physically capable of handling it and that perhaps one party is not driving themselves into an early grave. Yeah, yeah, that is also a big part of it. <laughs> also, I mentioned the changeling uh, situation, um, and there's not much explanation of what, like, the Huldra changeling, what makes them different from a fairy changeling. So I sort of do imagine them being very much the same, but that habit is still takes place, and it doesn't also say what they do with the baby that they take. <laughs> That's a secret so- you can't know. Yeah, I feel like I'm not allowed to know. I'm not allowed to know what they do with the what they do with the with the human baby with the bebe. It's not permitted. Cause I I, I tried to look it up. <laughs> I also tried to look up more descriptions of the Holderbarn or Holderbarn. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you say it. The the changeling. But all I know is that uh, so she takes a baby for purposes purposes unknown reasons and replaces it with another one for purposes unknown. <laughs> And then when they marry mortal men, as I mentioned before, they'll often make them promise something to them, you know, because relationships are about trust and compromise. And then if said promise is broken, that's when uh, bad stuff happens. There will be, as this piece says, hell to pay. Um, They also, according to this particular piece, the uh, demoniacal page, they uh, offer assistance, usually in the capacity of keen observers and warning of things that might go wrong. I've also seen variations where they, like, can lead people through the forest or steer them away from dangerous parts of the forest Mm -hmm. if you've already offered them, like, food and drink, if you've already done your part to, like, get them and get in their good graces. So they can be, like, kind of forest guides. They can be, like, sources of advice and help. They just can also be dangerous. And it all depends on how you treat them or how chaotic she's feeling that day. (laughs) 
Now, this one has a very weird origin story I found in a couple places, or not weird, like that the folklore itself is weird, it's just more weird in terms of it doesn't pop up in all of the versions. Like, mm -hmm. some of the versions are just like, this is a creature and this is where she is. And then some of the versions, there's this, there's like, this more, you can sort of see how it got reframed either through a Christian lens or you'll see what I mean. As to the origin of the Huldra, according to legend, the Huldra originated when God visited a woman with a great number of children. They were her children. This is phrased weird. The God God didn't just bring a bunch of children to Okay, okay, fine. Um, the woman had only bathed a certain portion of her children and only presented the clean children to God when he asked to see them. <laughs> the woman hid her dirty children from God. Oh my gosh. God became so angry at her trick that he cursed her, saying that her dirty children should continue to be hidden from mankind, ultimately giving rise to the Huldra folk and the hidden, aka the hidden people. Huh. Yeah, you know. But I also can't decide why she was that in the wrong there. Like, if her, some of her kids are, like, still stinky and dirty and covered with mud from the forest, like, she probably didn't want to introduce them to an important deity. But also the idea of, I'm only going to show my pretty children to God. Is, <laughs> okay, fair. That's kind of horrible. It's not great. I'm just saying that I can see where she was coming from. Like, if you have an unexpected visitor and, like, one of your babies is still... You can tell I'm not a parent. I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. If one of your babies is still covered in mud, you know, as babies often are. Yeah, you know how babies get covered in mud. <laughs> and then you maybe don't want to... And you maybe you don't, don't want to show, show them your, to God. You don't want to show off your muddy baby to God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, one of the quickest ways to provoke the wrath of the Huldra is to make fun of or be rude about her tail. Oh, yeah, don't do that. That's just cruel. Just in general, don't make fun of people's looks, especially if it's something like don't. I've always said this. This isn't you should never make fun of people's looks, period. But also don't point out something bad about a person's look or something you don't like about a person's looks or rather something that's going on that they can't change. So like tell someone if they have spinach in their teeth. Sure. Don't be like your hair looks bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like you're already out and about and like that dress looks bad on you. Like tell someone if they like have something like if their shirts tucked into their underwear or like dresses tucked into their underwear, like common courtesy things like that, that they can fix. And you know, of course, not that it should matter, but like, don't insult people, but maybe especially don't insult someone if they have arms like tree trunks and could snap you in half. And even if they didn't decide to kill you with their physical brute strength, with their just arms like mm -hmm. that of the strongest milkmaid in all of the, in, in all of Scandinavia, then perhaps you would maybe want to consider all of their powers as listed on the demoniacal page, a.k.a. fairy glamour, power to cause insanity, and the power to grant bountiful catches in yeah, fishing and should, hunting. you should probably think about those things, you know? And incredible strength is, of course, listed and amongst also powers. Also incredible strength, yes. Yes. Um, if you did want, for some reason, to ward off an incredible forest wife with a back like a bag full of ropes um, <laughs> being similar to fairies they may fear iron objects and salt so it's not like overtly stated in the lore anywhere but mm -hmm. because there's so much overlap with fairy stuff it's like you can kind of assume that basic kind of uh like fey warding things will work in your favor um so iron salt and then obviously just in general if you want to keep them off your back mm -hmm. give leave food and drink out for them and be polite okay cool it doesn't say what food and drink they prefer. I 
One second, I'm just gonna Google the most popular food in Sweden. <laughs> it says the, one of the most popular foods in Sweden is just, according to Google, just toast. Toast. So just put out Love some that. toast for her. Love everything about that. Oh no, also something that you should leave out for her, something called princess cake, which I think she deserves. Aw, princess cake. Oh, it's like a, it's like a jam. It's like a, a layered cake with like yeah, yeah, yeah. jam, no, I know princess pastry cake. cream. I didn't know princess cake. It's got like marzipan and stuff. Yeah, it, it was, was on, good. um, it was on a very good episode of Great British Bake Off, so. Oh, I must have missed that one. Thank you, the more you know. So I have some other, uh, things I want to hop over to, uh, about the Huldra. Um, before I do, I want to hit on, it's not a true sighting, but like, they don't say it's the Huldra, but it is somebody who encountered something strange in the forests of Sweden. So I really did want to, um, hit this one. I couldn't find, I searched really hard for any kind of specifically Huldra encounters. There was even mm-hmm. a thread on our The Truth Is Here where someone asked specifically if anyone had had, had uh, encounters with a Huldra or something similar. And there were a lot of people being like, uh, oh no, but I've read all about it and all these different uh. things, but like no one overtly had any stories. But I found this one on my own by going into The Truth Is Here, which is a sort of supernatural experiences discussion board on Reddit and searching for experiences in Sweden, Norway, and Denmark. Mm-hmm. And so I found this one. So it just is called Something Lurking in the Swedish Forest by, hey, by the way, you're going to love this twist. Guess what the user the username? Ooh, I don't know. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Redheaded Alex. What? Did you write this? That's freaking me out. No, I did not. Melchior Gabor, did you write this? <laughs> this person's an au pair in Sweden, and they spend summer weekends in the family's summer house. Oh, it's not me. <laughs> Are you secretly an au pair in Sweden? I'm not. I, they really had me going for a second. I thought it might have been me. <laughs> you thought you might have written this? I thought it this. might have been me. Um, okay, so they were they would stay at the summer home, which is in the archipelago outside of, or archipelago, I never know how to say that, but out of outside of Stockholm. The nearest neighbor is about a 30-minute walk away. So this is pretty pretty isolated. It's right by the ocean and in a very thick, terrifying forest. Mm-hmm. That was their words, not mine. The best kind of so, forest. Oh, of course, in your opinion. That makes sense. I <laughs> would like to politely issue a disagreement, but, you know, that's the premise of our show. So um, this particular night was date night for the parents, so I was left with the two children alone out in the, they describe it as, terrifying murder house. <laughs> I like this I like this Redditor's voice here. There's two houses on the property. There's the main house and the guest house, which is where they slept by the, they sleep by themselves. It's two meters away from the ocean. The game plan was to go exploring in the forest, which I had never done alone with the children, only with the parents, then walk to pick up my boyfriend from the bus stop. He would then stay with us until the parents got home from their date, then my boyfriend and I would go sleep in the guest house. While in the forest, I kept getting the jitters. Things were definitely stranger, and it wasn't just because I was alone with two children. I grew up in the forest. But several times we heard birds calling out these weird distress call noises, and big flocks would appear a long time before we were even close enough to scare them. And there were big, thudding footsteps nearby. You know, almost like, this is Addison, ones that a massive, tall, very strong, very, very strong (laughs) woman might leave. We came to a little hidden lake, and then things got even weirder. Though the place is unpopulated for miles, there was a woman sitting on a rock opposite us, about 60 feet away. She was naked and wet as though she'd been swimming, even though the water was much too cold for that. 
When she saw us, she stood up and did this weird pacing thing. Like she would get close to the water and then back away, then move close again. Like she wanted to cross and come toward us, but there was the obvious lake barrier in the way. The kids were mildly worried, and it wasn't long before I ushered them back the way we'd come, and we made our way out of the forest. On the road to pick up my boyfriend, I had the oddest sensation of being watched. I was really terrified, actually, but we met him with no incident and returned to the cabin just as the sun was setting. We gave the kids dinner, and just as they were curling up with a Swedish comic book, the main door slammed open. I really remember thinking it was a for-real person. There was a heavy footfall, and then BAM, like someone had stomped and flung open the door. But there was no one there. My boyfriend went out and had a look around. Nothing. Must have been the wind, of course, right? It's always the wind. (laughs) (laughs) And then they heard, throughout the night, they heard skittering and... uh, outside and clawing around. Fast forward to 3 a.m., I had to pee. My boyfriend and I were in the guest house. So I'm a badass and pee outside, no problem. So I stumbled out of the darkness and squatted down outside the guest house. It was right after, right when I straightened and adjusted my shirt, that I got that feeling of dread. I had it in the forest. I had it on the way to see my boyfriend. I had it while we camped out inside the house. I had felt fine in the guest house with my boyfriend, but now the feeling was back. I could sense something moving up the trail. That means something moving from the main house to the guest house. Or to, sorry, not the guest house. I misread that. There's another, there's a, uh, there's an empty vacant house on the hill adjacent to the guest house that they nicknamed the ghost house. Oh, got it. And that's why my brain corrected it to guest house, but that's not what they wrote. They wrote ghost house, which wasn't, it was the house of a soldier in the 1600s and now it's vacant. Got it. So I squinted in the dark and saw the shape of a person, but that wasn't right because by the solar light, you can see color jeans or shirts or jackets, and all ours had reflectors on them. This was a black shadow. I thought animal, but ruled it out because it had two legs walking really fast and smoothly, Then it slowed and seemed to notice me. I was terrified, but my intuition told me to commence stare down, so I did. I was fighting to see in the dark, and just when I couldn't focus, I realized there were two very softly illuminated eyes on its face, and they were on me. It slowed down to a stroll and I could see the eyes change tint from a bluish to yellowish glow based on where they were in relation to the solar lamps. They were catching light. So I stared. It was going so slow now this felt surreal and I could hear twigs snapping and other noises that a real-life, non-imagined creature makes. I remember thinking, this isn't a hallucination, it's walking on the ground. And then the weirdest part... Instead of moving at a normal relative height the way human eyes or animal eyes would do, the eyes started kind of hovering. They were six feet off the ground, suddenly would dip down to four feet, then back up to five, and they never left me. But the direction this thing was moving in never changed. It kept going up the hill. The eyes and the figure faded out into the darkness once the solar lamps ended, and I went back into the guest house and locked the door. I heard nothing else that night. My boyfriend slept through everything, but early in the morning he woke up from a nightmare. And that's the only time anything has ever happened at that summer house. And I was there collectively a month. And one person did mention in the comments that they thought this sounded because of the location, the relationship to the woods, and the presence of the strange woman by the water in the forest, that this could potentially be related to the Holdra. So, and all of the strange visual aspects I would chalk up to either, I would chalk up to if I were deciding to really dig my heels in and say this is the Holdra, to the fact that she can do glamours and all sorts of tricks to make you feel like you're losing your mind. Wow. So that's the closest thing I have to a Holdra sighting, I'm but into I really it. wanted to include it because it's yeah, really spooky. It's very fun. And it is in the Swedish forest. So in her stomping grounds, perhaps literally. So it was probably her. Probably her. 
and she didn't do anything harmful. She just kind of, it seemed like she just kind of wanted to check things out and see what was going on. And maybe they stumbled upon her while she was having a nice little swim. Maybe, you know, I mean, and then that's on them, really. <laughs> How dare these rude children interrupt my forest wife. How very dare. In her wintertime lake swim. I don't know. So the Holdra does appear in pop culture a little bit and also just kind of in the general culture of Norway to this day, not just in discussion discussion of like folklore, but also in like modern like tourist attractions and performances and stuff. Mm-hmm. There is, I found a great, when I was trying to find sightings, I found an actual um, a tourist thing on nordicvisitor.com uh, advertising. There's these train tracks you can go visit in, uh, I'll, I'll read you the piece here. There's a, uh, the Flam Railway, part of the Bergen Railway connecting Oslo to Bergen. It runs about 20 kilometers through the mountainous Flamsdalen Valley, which has all these beautiful views. There's pictures. If you look it up, it's uh, spelled the F-L-A-M Railway and Bergen is spelled B-E-R-G-E-N. Sorry for my pronunciation. Mm-hmm. But there's all these beautiful mountains and waterfalls and these thick forests. It's gorgeous. But there is this... Uh, there's this train ride you can go. You can go on this. Uh, you can go on this railway there. There's ten train journeys you can take. You can go on this railway on this really steep uh, track out there. You go on. It's referred to as the little green train in this article, and it's one you should take for the window views. You can see this waterfall, and then you can see uh, there's a break you take. You're seeing the waterfall, and you see a hill. And Mm -hmm. there are performers, depending on the time of year, uh, from the Norwegian Ballet School acting out a performance about the Huldra on the rocks there that you can see them like in a distance in like red from the train window um, doing like a ballet on the rocks there, Um, like or like a sort of modified ballet on the rocks uh, inspired by the lore of the Huldra. And this is partially to do with the fact that there were, that supposedly you used to be able to, like, spot them, perhaps, like, wandering around these forests from that particular train. Mm -hmm. This one in particular is supposedly, if you see them in the red, that is the students from the Norwegian Ballet School uh, performing. (laughs) Sorry to disappoint you. It actually says that in the article. It says, we hate to spoil the legend, but the Holdra here is actually an act by students from the Norwegian Ballet School. Rest assured, however, that the experience is every bit as magical as the myth. I mean, it does still sound pretty cool. It sounds really lovely. And then there was actually an article about the same train, like the same like train trip you can go on, on timesofindia.indiatimes.com under the travel section about like recommending you go sightseeing here in, uh, Mm -hmm. in, in Norway and it specifically just refers to the Huldra and specifically the one that in this in this particular region would supposedly would supposedly take the passersby that she that would come to her into the uh, the caves around the waterfalls and kill them there. So you know. Spooky scary. Yeah, for sure. So if you get a chance uh, to see this particular thing. Consider yourself blessed. Yeah, and it just sounds really like a really beautiful kind of. It sounds like the sort of thing I've been. I've been to Ireland before, and so have you. And it's similar, to going back to kind of fairy lore, when you see certain parts of Ireland, it's not difficult to kind of feel the magic of that land and feel the like mystical, like the mists and like when you see like just mm-hmm. the green and like if you see like the when I went to like the Cliffs of Moher, you see that, and it impossible. It's impossible not to feel kind of 
how you could believe that there's magic there. Yeah, definitely. And I feel the same way about when I look at those pictures of like this, this like waterfall in Norway. And when you go to like any like kind of beautiful kind of hidden part of any country with like this, you can fu- you can feel the folklore like there. I think that's the case anywhere. And I think there's something very special about that as well. Like if you know the stories, mm-hmm. you can like almost like feel like feel them still in the land and in the in the nature and in the surroundings. Um, now, really quick, I want to talk about two movie adaptations of The Holdra. Okay. Neither of them is a romantic comedy. I'm so sorry to tell you. There are two. I know. I, I kind of want to write a Holdra romantic comedy. Hit me up. This is my very last wrap-up stuff here. So I'm talking movie adaptations. Uh, the first one came in 2012, and it is called... I looked up a pronunciation guide for this one, so I wouldn't mess it up. So if I still do, I'm really sorry. Um, and it is Tala. Tala is a 2012 Norwegian supernatural horror film. It is, as you might imagine, uh, Tala means, it means tale. Okay, cool. Love it. So it's about uh, two men who run a crime scene cleanup business where they're hired to clean up after a death when they discover a woman with a cow's tail that appears to be incapable of human speech hidden in the house. So this one, they, like, are revealed that, she, this one, it's revealed that she was the subject of, like, some sort of medical experimentation, and she was not an actual, like... Like, or it's, like, whether she was, like... It's it's implied she may have either been created or she was captured to be, like, studied mm-hmm. by the person who died in this house. And then later, paramilitary soldiers come to recapture Tala. Tala's fe- fellow creatures, holders that are more satyr-like, come to the rescue and leave Elvis and Leo alive. Those are the two men. Tala later rejoins the holders in the wild. So that's, sorry for spoilers for that movie, but it sounds kind of like an interesting, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, the premise I'm into. It sounds really good. I'm like down with like, it's got kind of the feel of like any kind of like modern fairy tale kind of horror film, like any, like a, like a, like a Guillermo del Toro or anything mm-hmm. like, like things like that. And then there's also one that I found called Holdra Lady of the Forest from 2016, which is a woman uh, in Berlin gets invited on a hike by a childhood friend in the wilderness together with some of their childhood friends uh, out in the Swedish wilderness. And then the group set off on an adventure, unaware of the fact that once they reach their destination, nothing will ever be the same again. As they are drawn deeper and deeper into the forest, mysterious events start to unsettle the dynamics of the group. Reality begins to shift in ways none of them could have imagined, and relations between the friends become strained and volatile. They had come looking for adventure, but nothing could have prepared them for what lies in wait. And so I don't know much about that particular film or if it becomes like a literal Holdra, but it was in the title and it came up when I looked it up. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned her film career. It sounds pretty intense and I'm into it. I respect her work, her entire sort of portfolio. Yeah. And as usually happens when I research something this like entrenched in like folklore that's been around for thousands of years, I didn't get to even a third of my sources today, but that's okay because I had fun talking about my forest wife. I love her. I love your forest wife. Um, You know that article that came out a while back that I love my curvy wife that like yes. it was like a whole, not article, it was a post. I shouldn't give it credit, call it an article. What? It was a post. I, I'm going to, I'm going to rebrand. I'm taking it. I'm taking back the, I'm taking it back. I'm taking it. I'm reclaiming it. I love my forest wife. <laughs> All my life, I was criticized for my attraction to forest oh creatures with hollow bark backs. That is going to do it for us there. Do you have any announcements? I do not. Nope. Okay. I have just one. I have a, uh, a donor to thank. I, I uh, used the incorrect name when thinking it was a... Uh, uh, I used The name was for the wrong account uh, or oh, no. like the wrong 
the account was associated with the wrong person to, to thank. So I wanted to thank uh, different, uh, I got a little message about it. They were very nice. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, I would like to thank Alyssa Kraut for your support. Thanks, Alyssa. Thank you very much. Uh, if that is us ended there, I think that is all, all I, I don't know how to talk anymore. Help. <laughs> You're doing great, kid. My forest wife came. She stole she stole my heart, my mind, and my ability to speak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for your time. Thank you, listeners, for your time. And as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. Pretty, witty, and gay.